0: I'm living with a, with a dream in my heart of, of what is possible, of what God can do, what He wants to do. And, uh, and that's what the, the, the purpose behind this series is to, to help us shift a few things, to move a few mountains. A few weeks ago I shared, I asked this, I felt the Lord gave me this, this question. If you, if you want to move a mountain, in, the mountain in front of you, you first need to move the mountain on the inside of you. So, I'm, we're going to tackle a few mountains over this series, a few, a few things that, that false beliefs, lies, unbelief, doubts, things like that. But I also want, to, also want to say I feel there's a shift. If I just look at our times of prayer over the last two weeks, uh, uh, we've been in East London for eight years. I've not experienced anything like this. There's just such a hunger. There's such a thirst amongst people for God. And so I want to honor every one of you for being thirsty for more of God. You see, the measure of your breakthrough is dependent on the measure of your thirst, your hunger for God. The more thirsty you are, the the greater your breakthrough is going to be. And that's been our journey over the last Especially the last four or five years, what God has done in our lives. He's, he, he, he's changed so many things in us. You know, um, I, I often shared this, but the first 10 years of ministry, we saw two people physically healed. The one guy that was healed was uh, in hospital. He, was, uh, he had TB and he was really battling me and another pastor friend went to pray for him and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> then we left. And a few weeks later, we heard that Jesus healed him. He got up out of the hospital, and he's preaching on the trains. He became a Christian. He's not preaching on the trains in Cape Town. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus heals. So that's one of the two that I saw in the first 10 years of full-time ministry. And then the Lord started to work in us. He started to challenge us, and primarily because of the things we were going through. Sonica shared about the three years that she battled to sleep. Hectic insomnia. We were, it was a really, really challenging season of our lives. By, but I had to face this truth that I I don't know the power of God. And so the Lord, in a sense, made us like hungry, made us thirsty through our circumstances for more of Him. So yes, the, the thirst levels are increasing. But my question is, how thirsty are you? Isn't there space for more? Isn't there space for more? And so over the last... Around four or five years ago, the shift began, and within just over three years, we saw 1,200 people physically healed. Let's give Jesus a hand for that. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Now, the thing is, most of those healings we have seen outside of East London, about 600 plus in Brazil. And I feel God is wanting to, I've seen many healings in Cape Town and in Pretoria and in P.E. And when I travel, the Lord moves and he touches lives. And yes, he has healed many here as well. But I believe it's time for us to bring home the glory. Amen. It is time for us to bring home the glory. But it begins by shifting the things on the inside. Because you might ask, well, how do you shift from two people physically healed in 10 years to 1,200 almost healed in, a fa- in, in three years? How, how, how does this work? Well, we moved a few mountains inside us and some of our leaders here. We moved some mountains. Bad theology, unbelieving thinking, and a whole bunch of doubts, wondering, does God want to work through me or through us Powerfully, we had to move some mountains. So the mission is over the next six, seven weeks, along with the small groups to move some mountains in our hearts, to shift some mountains, to shift the lies, the doubts, the unbelief and the bad theology. There's so much bad theology when it comes to physical healing. There's a lot of bad theology when it comes to who God is. A whole bunch of people, if you were like, asked him, okay, you've got cancer, it's really going bad, and, and then you they'd say, like, I don't I don't know why God did this to me. No, that's bad theology. That's horrible theology. I mean, just think about it, Jesus is the perfect image of God the Father. They were confused about who God is. So Jesus came God in the flesh, and he, he came to reveal the Father. And when I read the Gospels, I don't see Jesus going around, Oh, curse this little child, eh? How about a cancer for you? <laughs> no. What did Jesus do? He went around blessing people, healing people, setting people free, feeding, loving. He came to reveal God. But there's so much rubbish that people believe about who God is, and it blocks the flow of life. It blocks, it, it, it limits what God wants to do. Okay, so I'm going to take you on a little bit of a theology journey this morning just to get some scripture into us because there's been so much bad teaching around healing. There's so many churches who believe in the Word of God that get this so wrong. So the mountain I want to move this morning. And as I move, we wanna, we're going to pray for people at the end of the service. So I'm trusting for a stirring of faith in our midst. And I... I'm counting on you. I'm counting on you to add your faith. Because when there is faith, God moves. Every place we've gone to where there is a hunger and a thirst and an expectation for God to move, He does. So let's say, I'm thirsty. For more of God. Amen. We have words from the Lord that is going to come a season where people have to come so early to church that they will not get seats. That they will hear from all over that Jesus is at shofar and they're going to go there to find Jesus. But it needs a community of faith to create an environment, an environment where God can move. Okay, so are you ready to move some mountains? Amen. Come on, let's move a few mountains on the inside of us. So for those who do not know, we believe in the five-fold ministry as a model for how we do church. The, 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 the wider shofar family, our vision is... The whole gospel to the whole world. Okay, so this morning is whole gospel. Not just a little bit of gospel. The whole, the whole, good, the whole good news. And so there's a diagram um, about the fivefold ministry. This seven weeks will be focused on the apostolic flow. Where the kingdom of God reigns. We want to unlock the apostolic flow. A river of life. And if we position ourselves in that river... The kingdom of God is going to come. King Jesus will reign. I'm trusting this morning that you're not going to see me. You're going to see Jesus. Because he's glorious. Amen. Jesus is glorious. So the apostolic flow next week. We're going to get into the prophetic flow. That how it adds to the apostolic flow. The presence of God. We're going to touch on different aspects of it over the next few weeks. Okay. I want us to pray. The toughest place in... In the world to preach is at your home church. (laughs) Because you think you know me. You think you know what is inside of me. You think you know the anointing on my life. It's more than what you think. It's more than what you think. In the same way, we think we know one another. We don't. Jesus in us is greater than you can imagine. Hallelujah. So just open, let's open our hands. I want to pray for us. I'm trusting God to move mountains in us. We're going to shift the atmosphere here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe in your glory. We believe in your love. We believe in your faithfulness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for a release of faith in this house. Lord, we renounce every unbelief, every doubt, every fear, every false theology when it comes to who you are. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray this morning by the word of God, move the mountains within us. Move every lie. Renew us. Transform us. Holy Spirit, come. Spirit of Christ, anoint this word. And I pray, God, that this morning we will see Jesus high and lifted up. High and lifted up. Jesus, King Jesus. King of glory, the word become flesh. Our great God who saves, who heals, who delivers. Lord, open our eyes to see. Open our eyes to see, to believe. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just say, Father, open my eyes. To see. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's go on a bit of a journey through a few scriptures so you can see it from God's perspective. Revelation 22 verse 1. It says, They showed me a pure river of water of life proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So John had a vision. He saw a river flowing from the throne of God. A river of life. Wherever this river flowed, it brought life. Then in John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus comes and he says, He who believes in me, say believe. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. What is that? He who tries hard enough. He who... Is special. He who is part of the elite. Who is five generations of Christians before him. For him this will work. No. He who believes. Rivers of life will flow forth from their inner being. Rivers of life. Rivers of life. The presence of God from the throne of heaven flowing through us. Every believer is called to be a conduit of living waters. And we have seen this. We have experienced, this is not just a nice story or nice theology. We have tasted it so many times where the power of God flows through us, touches someone, and then they are healed and delivered and set free. Rivers of living water. So that's why, that's the foundation of my book, Increasing Heaven's Flow, where it speaks about five rivers. I believe there are five rivers of life. And if we reposition ourselves in those rivers, rivers will flow forth from within us. Amen. Let's say it. I believe that God wants to flow through me. His living waters. Amen. Amen. Every believer is called to this. Jesus said he who believes, not the pastors and preachers, he who believes that's God's will, but we need to get a heavenly perspective. And I believe if when we get a heavenly perspective, we get an upgrade, it's upgrade time. It's upgrade time in our thinking. When we see as God sees. When we think as God thinks. Then we will do as he says. Amen. When we see as God sees. When we think as he thinks. Then we will do as he says. The mind of Christ. God wants us to have the mind of Christ. To see things from heaven. To unleash unleash living waters so let's say it it's time for an upgrade in my thinking amen time for an upgrade so the question is why why physical healing isn't it a peripheral issue why physical healing well i can give you 10 reasons at least but the one reason is because god loves people when our bodies are 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 ridden with disease it becomes a torture chamber our physical bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, become, becomes a house of horror. Who's been sick? You know that feeling. It's horrible. Your, your, your house, where the Holy Spirit dwells, becomes a torture chamber. And because Jesus loves people, every time, so many times the Bible says, and, and Jesus had compassion, and then he healed them. He had compassion on them, then he healed. The love of God compels us. Sympathy is to say, man, I'm, I'm really sorry for your scenario and, um, you know, I'll get you a crutch. I'll get you a wheelchair. If Jesus had sympathy, it would have been handing out wheelchairs. But Jesus had compassion. He said, get up and walk. Amen. So in Brazil, we had one evening lady coming in in a wheelchair. She walked out of the place pushing her wheelchair. Thank you, Jesus. She pushed it out. She was healed. She got up. Jesus heals and compassion compels us. Compassion compels us to get over our stuff and to press in for more of Jesus. Sympathy doesn't help anybody. Jesus wants real compassion. So another reason why Jesus heals is because when he went to the cross, he didn't just die for our sins only. He took all our sins and our diseases upon him as well. He was beaten and bruised. He was crushed on our behalf. He didn't go through that for nothing. He didn't go through that for nothing. He wasn't whipped. He didn't go through that hell for nothing. He took all our sins, but he also took our infirmities and our diseases. I'm going to get into that in the next few weeks. So our journey was in 2013... End of 2012, the Lord said to me, there's an outpouring of healing coming. Trust me for that. 2012, four people healed. That's it. 2013, we went to India. A bunch of us went to India. And so we had this glorious little meeting, smallish little venue, and it felt like a Bible meeting because the people were standing out into the streets and they were excited. They wanted, what's going on? And so I saw four people healed the previous year. That's it. So now I'm preaching Jesus. Because the Lord said, trust me for healing. I'm preaching, Jesus heals. And Jesus is this. to and now they all line up. Now (laughs) I (laughs) said,
1: please, Jesus.
0: (laughs) So now we start praying. First person was a wheelchair. I'm like, give me someone easier, Lord. So now I'm praying for the first one and nothing. Nothing nothing it was like creak creak it was like nothing i'm like it's gonna be a long night like queue of people so now i pray for the second one nothing nothing i'm like oh, i'm crazy i'm 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 just crazy I, I i'm deceived or something third person a little boy eight-year-old boy mute since birth hasn't spoken in his life Mom standing next to him he's crying and my heart just broke, just compassion. I just saw my own son. I'm like, Jesus, you did this in the past. Why not again? And so I'm praying for this boy. And I could see his eyes were like dark and there was no one home. He was just standing. No emotion. And as I prayed for him, his eyes changed. The darkness went away. And he spoke and he said, Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Jesus causes the mute to speak. He said hallelujah and he said a few other things and, and, and he's never done that in his life. Some speech therapists say it's impossible. It would take years of training with the help of a whole team of people to get that boy to say the word hallelujah. Jesus heals. But that night then it just flowed. It was awesome. It was so special that people would experience the fire of God on their bodies. They would say, I feel a heat, I feel a heat, and then the pain would disappear. I think Rion prayed for the one guy who had almost no hearing in his one ear, and the ear popped open, and he heard. It was awesome. I was not insane. I was thankful. (laughs) And that evening, back at the place we were staying, I was like, I was just blown away. I said, God, it works. And I say, Lord, if what have you planned for us, what gifts of the spirit is for us? God, you, you, because tonight was just amazing. And I've heard the voice of God saying, I've given it all to you. All the gifts, everything. And That's what the Bible says. Every gift in the heavenly places has been made available to us. All of him is made available to us. Jesus heals. Anyway, so there's that journey began. And I I started to write down every testimony. I started to count because the next day you doubt if it really happened. It's like just this assault on your faith continuously. And so I was just writing everything down, meditating upon those things. So how does God see things? What is heaven's perspective? The disciples came to Jesus. Jesus teaches how to pray. And then he said, Luke 11, chapter 2. Luke 11, verse 2, 3, 4, he he taught them to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let me just backtrack quickly. The the mountain I want to move this morning is this statement. It is impossible to know the will of God when it comes to healing. I, w- I want to I move that mountain. Because many people believe it is impossible to know the will of God when it comes to healing. And that's why many people pray, Father, if it is your will, heal. Okay, so how that been working for you? How has that been working? Any success? Not really, eh? Because it's not biblical. It's not a biblical prayer to pray. Jesus said, we must pray, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, how's the will of God being done in heaven right now? Any sick people there? Any demonic torment? Any fear? Any depression? No. So if we say, God, let heaven come let heaven invade earth. Let, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then surely there's no, no confusion about the will of God right now. You're battling with depression? Praise God. He wants to set you free. Now, we've had services like this in the past. I was reading through some of the testimonies. One lady been battling for a, a year with depression. She came here. Someone prayed for her. I don't even know who. Free. Free. Because the will of God is heaven here on earth now. Now. That is his will. That is God's perspective. That is what he wants. So let's look at this. Isaiah 55. Okay, we're moving mountains. We're moving wrong thinking. Isaiah 55, it says, God speaking, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Okay, so so just just stay with me. If I'm freaking you out, just, just stay with me. Just hold on. It's going to make more sense as we go. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Say imagine. I can imagine. Quite a few epic things. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. In other words, assume you're thinking wrong. Until you come to the scriptures. Assume. Probably when it comes to physical healing. Forget everything you know. Because we have a tradition of unbelieving church cultures all across the world. We have unbelieving doctrines when it comes to healing. We have a whole bunch of nonsense that's been carried over from year in and year out. Because of our lack of experience. Well, I pray it didn't work. So probably it's, God doesn't heal anymore. Nonsense. Let's look at what the scriptures say. So how would, you, how would you think about something? Let's look at how Jesus thinks about something. How would you think about someone that is dead four days in the grave? I'm like, shame, man. He was a nice guy. Bless the family, comfort them, moving on. How does Jesus look on, on that? Jesus looks differently. Look at this. It was the account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. John chapter 11, verse 3 to 4. Therefore the sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So another reason why God heals is because healing manifests the glory of God. Healing is a manifestation of the glory of God. And it brings glory to the great one, Jesus Christ. So my question to you is, do you want to glorify the name of Jesus? Do you? The biblical way is pray for people, see them healed, and see Jesus magnified, glorified through it. Every miracle is a manifestation of the glory of God, and it points to Jesus. Amen. So here it comes with Lazarus. And, and, and later on in the chapter, the, the guy's dead. <laughs> and Jesus says, this is for the glory of God. Mary, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Jesus connected the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. He connected that miracle to the glory of God. Okay, so healing is for the glory of God. So when you find someone that's sick, it's like, awesome, praise God. Woo. I'm so excited. and I'm freaking all the doctors out because you've got a whole hospital full of sick people. But sickness is an opportunity to bring glory to God. That's, what Jesus, that's how Jesus looks at it. He looks at it differently. We need to get his perspective. Another thing that happens is that when some, there's sickness or any crisis, it's an open door for God to reveal a new facet of himself to us. So instead of saying, God, why did you do this to me? You must ask the question, God. So in what new way are you going to reveal yourself to me? I've got cancer or something. Lord, in what way are you going to reveal yourself to me as the healer of cancer? You see, if you didn't have cancer, you'd never know know him as the healer of cancer. If you didn't have a lack of finances, you'd never know him as your provider. Your crisis is an opportunity to see a fresh revelation of who God is. Get excited about your challenge. Same with Lazarus. Jesus revealed a new facet of himself to the people. Look at this in John eleven twenty-five. 25. Jesus says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So the death of Lazarus opened the door for a fresh revelation of who God is. How's that about getting God's perspective on something? Instead of allowing that to be your deathbed or you're the killer of your faith, whatever you might be facing, say, God, in what way are you going to reveal yourself to me today? In what way are you going to reveal yourself to us, God? Who are you going to be to us in this? And the beautiful thing is we have an eternal hope. Even if we do not get healed in this life, we will be healed in the next. We have an eternal hope. When they you die as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to walk into heaven and receive a new body. A new body. So I always tell people, you, have, you always have hope. You always have hope. You always have hope. So look at this, John chapter 9. Another scenario revealing the difference between how we see things and how God sees things. It says, And now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. How's that for a challenge? And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Isn't that so us? We see a blind person who sinned. Who are we going to judge? Who's at fault yet? What's wrong with you? And then Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Wow. Say wow. That's wow. That's wow. It's like everybody seeing a blind man since birth. Jesus saying, Ha! Opportunity. We see a problem, Jesus sees an opportunity to glorify the name of God. That the works of God may be revealed in him. And then he prayed for him and he saw. And the people were amazed. You see, so often we want to look, where's the sin? Who's wrong? No, we live in a sin-sick, messed up world. Sickness happens. Death happens. Destruction happens. Nonsense happens. It's not God doing it. Can I say that again? It's not God doing it. Let's say it. It's not God doing it. He's not the author of sickness. He's the healer of sickness. We need to shift that mountain. God, why are you doing this to me? It's not him doing it to you. He wants to pour out his love and his goodness upon you and bless you. So another question you can ask to get God's perspective is, God, who am I going to be in the midst of this scenario? And he's going to tell you probably, you're the solution. You're the answer. You're the solution. Look at this, Mark 16, 17 to 18. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These signs will follow those who believe. In other words, those who believe, evidence of real faith, evidence of real faith is that when we lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. When we pray for people with depression, they, they set free, etc., That is the sign. You are the answer. Let's say I'm the solution. You know, if I had to look at my past, 10 years of ministry, two people healed. My past didn't give me any courage. It didn't. I just had the word of God and and we started to step out. So I want to challenge you on that. Forget your past. This is for everybody, those who believe. Those who believe, if we create an environment, an atmosphere of faith in this church, you're going to see mind-boggling miracles. Because that's who Jesus is. Amen. Let's say it. I renounce unbelief. I move that mountain in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us, our church background has immunized you against what I'm teaching you this morning. Some of us are so afraid of the supernatural because of our church background. Go read the scriptures. It's all over the place. So the heart of the gospel is healing. So I want to ask you three questions. I'm going to break it down to to, to look at the theme we see in the gospels, in Acts, and also before. What are the three primary things that Jesus did in his earthly ministry? What are the three primary things he did? He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He said, guys, I have good news. The kingdom is at hand. And then he stretched forth his hand and he healed. Good news, the kingdom of God. He proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven, the reign and rule of heaven is at hand. And then he stretched forth his hand and he healed the sick and he cast out demonic spirits. He set people free from darkness on their souls. Those are the three primary things Jesus did. He taught about the kingdom, and he preached the kingdom. Then he demonstrated the kingdom. Okay, I think that's simple enough. I'm going to also get to what what did his disciples do? The same thing. And what did he teach? What did he command his disciples to teach others after the Great Commission? The same thing. Okay, I'll break it down for you. Mark 1, 14 to 15. It says, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Preached the gospel the good news of the kingdom and then he said the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel repent have a change of heart have a change of mind guys you have no idea how oh, the glory of god the kingdom of god it's not like nothing you can imagine jesus came and said guys let me show you let me show you let me let me show you repent align your heart Align your mind with the word of God. Right, stretch forth your hand. Come on, stretch forth your hand. So how far is the kingdom of God? It is at hand. It is at hand. I know it means it's near, but I'm using it. It is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand for those who believe, but it is out of reach to those who don't. It is out of reach to those who don't. Come on, stretch forth your hand again. Come on. Because we're going we're gonna to equip everybody to pray for the sick. We're going to have the devil so confused, he doesn't know who's to go for. Everybody's just going for it. <laughs> Amen. The kingdom of heaven is at hand to those who believe. But to those who do not believe, it is out of reach. So what must we do? Move the mountain of unbelief. And start stretching out your hand to pray for the sick. Okay, we're going to do that today. At the end of the service, we're going to pray for people. We're going to trust to demonstrate the kingdom of God. So Matthew 8, 16, again, around the will of God. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed some. What? All. All. He healed all who were sick. Jesus came to reveal the will of the Father. He came to reveal the perfect love of our God. And then Jesus healed all. So what is the will of God? Jesus didn't go around there. You've got too much sin. No, not interested. Oh, you two, three, four, five. Yep, yep. You're the lucky ones. Thank you. Bye. He healed everybody. He healed all. And we have been in meetings where it seemed like everybody was getting healed. That is the will of God. What if it's always his will to heal? So so in Brazil last year, we saw almost 400 people physically healed. Testable. And so the one night was just for me off the charts. The previous night, two nights ago, uh, the the Sunday night, I think it was a Friday night or the Saturday night. It was like, um, I got the senior pastor of the 6,000 member church to join me. It's the two The two big boys are going to do this now. We're going to pray for people. Man, it was hard. (laughs) I found out that night. It took us about an hour of praying until we started to break through. But the Sunday night, I prayed for more than 40 people that were physically healed. Myself. The team prayed for a lot of people as well. But we would have lay hands on two people at a time. I think we had 15 minutes at the end of each three, the first two, 15 to 20 minutes. We lay hands on the people, release the presence of God over them, and they were healed. My whole line was healed. Maybe one or two wasn't. Me and the the translator were high-fiving one another like, yes, last night sucked. This is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We know this is you. (laughs) But I prayed for a lady that night. She was born deaf. She was 25-ish, 30-ish, born deaf in the one ear. Ear popped open. Dad was next to me there, there to to confirm. Prayed for a lady with a ladies with cysts on her breast. They would test it. I took a test. She tests. It's there. I pray. 30 seconds later, test. It's gone. And t- crying, weeping. Bodies were healed. Eyes were healed. Ear. I mean. God was just, it was just like, God, this is so glorious. Two people being healed at the same time. Third person is lying on the floors. The power of God is on them. Jesus, you are amazing. What if it's always his will to heal? We must just get in contact with his power, his presence, his love. That is his heart. Move the mountain on the inside of us so that the kingdom of God can come. Beautiful illustration as we that uh, showed this to me it was a guy. Uh, we showed the videos a while ago in church. We made a video clip of it. Abraham, or Bram, an Afrikaans, one of the guys in church. He had ba- major back problems for six years. Fell off a ladder when he was younger. Major back problems. He went to every possible uh, specialist. He had operations on his back to lessen the pain, the nerves, searing the nerves. Nothing worked. For about seven months, he, he was lying in bed. And he had a middle computer station thingy. There's the only way he could work without a lot of pain. He would sit there in the back of the church on the couch there. Only in a certain way because it's so painful. For, for seven months, he, he went through that hell. It was destroying his marriage. They couldn't have just have quality time outside a coffee shop, etc. And so I went to him. Uh, me and Jimmy went to him. We went to pray for him. And so we're at a house and we're praying. And while I'm praying for him, I just have the sense there's no faith there 's no faith he 's a highly intellectual guy, and he has embraced so much unbelief in this area of his life. so after a while, after an hour or so he said, and no, we stopped i 'm coming back next week. Read this book christ the Healer by F F Bosworth, and build up your faith and we pray again in next week he says don 't come back i 'm not ready Three months later, two, three months later, he was reading through the book, he was renewing his mind, he was lying in bed. Watching YouTube video clips of people getting healed. Testimonies of people getting healed. And he says that at some point, something clicked on the inside of him. He said, he just realized, it is the will of God to heal me. So he closed his eyes and he prays, Father, thank you that it is your will to heal me. And as he said that, he felt the power of God race through his body and he was healed. He got up and he was, next door he was starting a car, pushing it. He was, he was healed. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Come on. But but for me, there was a sign from God. No one prayed for him. He was alone at home. Something shifted. Faith was released. And the presence of God came upon him and he was healed. Jesus is glorious. But the only way you will know his glory is if you have faith. And what I'm saying is we never tell people you don't have enough faith and yeah, no, 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 we're not, we don't do that. All I'm saying is it's in your hands to build up your faith to access the power of God. Sometimes people have no faith. We pray for them. They get healed. So it's not a rule, but you want to increase your faith. The power of God can be claimed only where the will of God is known. The power of God can be claimed only where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Jesus is perfect theology. Look at Jesus and find theology, good theology. Jesus healed. It is his will. It is his will. It is his will to heal. And so now some of you might say, how can it be always the will of God to heal? But you know, everybody needs to die sometime. I'm so glad you asked. Good question. Answer. Exodus 23 Verse 25, 26. Old Testament, also revealing the healing theme through the scriptures. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Isn't that amazing? In Exodus, it's Old Covenant. The New Covenant is far beyond the Old Covenant in terms of glory. In the Old Covenant, God said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you. And then... No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. And hear this bit. I will fulfill the number of your days. That's profound. I've just killed a whole bunch of bad theology. I will fulfill the number of your days. And that's where the mystery comes in. We don't know when it's someone's time. But if they're five-year-old about to die, I cannot believe it's the will of God for that child to die. 80 years old plus, maybe. But I'm going to position myself, it is the will of God to heal always until their days are fulfilled. Amen. So you can boldly. And the, your, our job is to love people. The miracle is in God's hands. The miracle is in God's hands. But I'm going to come boldly. So how's it been working? The if it is your will, pray. Not Probably not been working. I find people who want to come and fight with me about theology. I'm saying, how many have been healed? Not many. Maybe if we're producing the goods, maybe our theology is good as well. Amen. Can one draw a line there? I think you can. Let's let's, let's let's up our faith levels. Let's get our theology right. Let's move those mountains. So the first question is, what did Jesus do? He preached the gospel of the kingdom. said, guys, good news. The kingdom is coming. Heal the sick. Set people free. What did he teach his disciples to do? Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Interesting. So, and 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 look at Luke 10, verse 9. A command. It is commanded to the disciples to heal. It says, And heal the sick there. Let's let's read that. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. It's a command. Jesus, guys, if you're following me, if you believe in me, go and release my love tangibly into people's lives. Show them my love. Don't just talk about my love. Show it to people. It's a command. And if God commands us to do something, he's going to give us the grace to do it. So now you might say, okay, fine. For Jesus, everybody got healed. But for the disciples, for those after, come on. I mean, Jesus is Jesus. Surely it didn't happen afterwards. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 5. So this is the... The, the, the revival in the book of Acts, chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. There was this massive revival. You could see all five rivers of life flowing the fivefold ministry rivers flowing the apostolic, the evangelistic, the prophetic, the teaching, the pastoral. It was amazing. United community of thousands of people worshiping, praying day and night. The kingdom was coming. It was amazing. And I look at the results. It says there, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed, so there was this huge revival. The water levels of the spirit lifted to such an extent where there was mega grace, great grace on all the believers. I mean, even Peter's shadow healed people. They heard, just put him in the shadow. They're going to get healed. We've seen it. It's amazing. Revival. Revival. And all were healed. Again, revealing the will of God is to heal there must just be enough grace present. And that's what we're after. We're after a revival in East London where the water levels would lift again, where it's just sovereignly God moving, upping the game. Let's say it, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then some people would say, yeah, oh, but that was the beginning of the book of Acts. amazing. Yeah? People that don't want to believe. It's like, you've okay. So at the beginning of Acts, but at the end of Acts, it fades away. No, he doesn't. Look at it. Acts chapter 28, end of the book of Acts. Peter, uh, Paul, he, uh, he, he get, his hand gets bitten by a viper and he doesn't die. And everybody think he's amazing. And then it says, and it happened that the father Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed. He laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. So it seems like the whole island was healed. At the end of Acts, can you imagine it? We thought God got not, he lost his power at the end of Acts. It just faded away to no knee. <laughs> okay, so what did Jesus do? He proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, healed the sick, set people free. What were the disciples taught to do? To preach the gospel of the kingdom, heal the sick, set people free. Now, now that we take it further, what about his command to the disciples, to us today? Now you can say, whoa, 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 whoa Andre, come on. Those were the apostles. I mean, those were the awesome disciples. Go read the gospels. Yeah? They never messed up, you know, they never denied Christ. They were never full of themselves. They were, never, they were awesome, perfect, perfection from beginning to end, right? <laughs> no. There were ordinary people like you and me. Let's say it. Ordinary people. Like you and me. Amen. Amen. There were ordinary people like you and me. Jesus wants to work powerfully through ordinary people because then he gets the glory. He gets the glory. He gets the glory. Hallelujah. Okay. So what must we do to receive this grace upon our lives? To see the kingdom of God come. i ask Sandra. ...to come and share with us her story. She's an ordinary believer that Jesus uses powerfully. Amen.
1: Good morning, church. Um, yes, so when we were in India, we were praying for queues of people... Um, ...just for whatever the needs were. And I had a lady coming with me. She was my interpreter. So we were praying together. And her son, Samuel, he was an 11-year-old boy kind of came with he could speak some English and I saw him wanting to engage so much because as we were speaking to the people he would chip in the whole time saying the lady is saying her neck is sore so I started sort of just listening to him working with him because he just wanted to be part of this so badly and halfway through the evening he stopped me and he said to me can I please pray for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit And I said, yes, of course. So we stopped and I I prayed for Samuel. And um, he really just had an encounter with the Lord right there. And he he just received from God. He asked God and and God touched him in that moment and he was changed. And so we went on and I said to him, okay, Samuel, it's your turn to pray. You do the praying. I'm going to be right here at the back. (laughs) So he prayed for the first lady who had a headache. And the lady was healed right there. And we're like, wow, high five. Next person, healed. Next person, healed. This is an 11 year old boy just healing the people, which was amazing. So that's a praise the Lord moment. <laughs> and then I came back. Um, I'm a school teacher in East London. And I was telling my school kids about this stories of India. And it was the end of a Friday afternoon. So I left to go. I was in a hurry on my way and one of the, the girls, Julia, followed me to my car and she said, please can you pray for me as well? Please can you... I want to receive the Holy Spirit as well. So I said, "Um, yes, I'm, I've got like 10 seconds. I'll quickly pray for you. I've got to go. But, you know, just ask the Lord. And so I prayed for her and she just experienced the Lord in such a powerful way there. And I left, but I came back on the Monday, and she had gone to aftercare, started praying for people, and she prayed for a headache, and it was gone. She prayed for someone's leg that was sore, and after the third time praying, the person was healed. And she was just going around praying for people, and that is amazing. And Julia is now in grade 9, um, still so on fire for the Lord, just seeing her here on on Friday night with the worship evening, boldly, Prophesying over people and praying for them, and God is doing a lasting work. It's amazing. So, and just to kind of end off, because I see this all the time, even Friday afternoon, now two days ago, um, I have some new girls that joined the Script Union group after school, and I wanted to demonstrate healing. So, I kind of stepped out and prayed for someone um, with a sore knee, and in front of all of the girls, and um, praise God! He healed the person right there, and it's that like, what surprise? No way, it's healed, and everyone's very excited. And there was a, a, a second person who had an operation in her back. She was actually off school the whole of last term, and the operation wound is still sore when she she bends. So I said to the girls with number two, "Well, it's your turn." I demonstrated what to do. Go for it! Jesus is inside of you. He is powerful. Go lay a hand. And they're very eager, so they're all kind of pushing in to get a hand on the on the girl praying. And I just stood there. I'm like, God, you know, you are the healer. And he did it again. He healed the girl. And there was tears and surprise and like, what? Where's the pain? It's, but what I find even more amazing is the faces of the girls who prayed for her because they are realizing God is real, God is true, He's powerful and he's powerful in me and he wants to use me and he just did. So I know they're all going out, going home. Mom, guess what happened? Let's go find some sick people to pray. And that is what really makes me excited to see. It's it's for children. It's for all of us. God is powerful. Amen. (laughs) Glory to Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. So if an 11-year-old can just catch it. What are they catching? They're catching an anointing. An imp- it's called impartation. Next week, I'm going to focus a bit more on impartation. But the Lord wants to give this grace to everybody because it's his Holy Spirit in us and through us. So you can see in the book of Acts that the, they came to Christ and then they were filled with the Spirit and then signs and wonders followed. So anyone no one needs to pursue the fullness of the Spirit. I'll share about that next week. So why healing? Why healing? Because healing is biblical. It's Jesus' way. This is how the disciples, the apostles operated. Why healing? Because healing points to Jesus. It causes people to believe who previously didn't take the word of God seriously. Why healing for you? Or why healing through you? It will transform your relationship with Jesus. It will transform your relationship with God. When you experience the power of God through you, you will walk in a different way with God. This is what so many of us have experienced. The moment we position ourselves in that place, God, you can can heal this person. They've got cancer. You can transform their lives. You can cause so many to turn to Christ. It revolutionizes your relationship. Aren't you tired of a boring Christian existence? I am. I don't want, I don't, I don't want, just want to see this when I travel somewhere. I want the whole body of Christ to be on fire for the Messiah. God's way. So, so why did Jesus command his disciples to ending off with this? Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Say All authority. What does authority mean? It means the right to use power. So Jesus is saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. I have the right to use my power. And then he goes on and says, they, go therefore, meaning I'm, I'm delegating my authority to you. I'm giving you the right to use the power of God and make disciples of all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Okay, so the apostles and the disciples were commanded to teach the new converts what Jesus taught them. What did Jesus teach his disciples? What did he give them hands-on training with? Three things. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Guys, good news, the kingdom of God is at hand. Secondly, heal the sick and set people free. Come on. You must see this. Say amen. God's way is the best way. It's time for the body of Christ to step back into what is biblical. Oh, the people who who love to call themselves biblical love to fight around this thing. Uh, Healing isn't for today anymore, etc. Sorry, I believe. With all my heart, Jesus heals. Because he loves people. Amen. Let's say it. Jesus heals. heals. Let's say it again. Jesus heals. heals. You see, we don't ask God to heal people. We command healing to people's bodies. There's not one place in the scriptures where they, in the book of Acts and Gospels, where they ask God to heal. They command because we have received the same authority as Jesus. He delegates this to us. Look at this, Acts chapter 3, verse 6 to 8, last scripture. It says, then Peter said, this is a guy who was lame. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. What I do have? Have what? I have the presence of God. I have the anointing of God. I have the fullness of the Spirit in my life. What I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus. Let's say that together. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising god hallelujah what a sight the guy's been sitting at the temple door for since like 30 years And he's now dancing and leaping, praising God. The result is many people were drawn to Peter and John. They preached the gospel and multitudes entered the kingdom of God. Glory to God. So healing, I mean, if you have an atheist friend who's got cancer and dying. And you could pray for that person and see the cancer disappear from their bodies. Do you think they would be closer to committing their lives to Jesus? Absolutely, you gave them a sign. God is real. Secondly, He loves you. Thirdly, He's calling you. Surrender your life to Jesus. Prayed for a lady in Brazil in December 2015. She had cancer all over her body. It's, uh, she had lymphoma cancer. Uh, it spread into her her, her spine. Um, she was going through chemotherapy. So it was level four, the furthest level it can go in terms of it spread all over her body. It's game over. Prayed for her, commanded, in Jesus' name, be healed. I said, test. And she went to her lymph glands and tested. All the swelling was gone. She was like, something happened. Something happened. Something happened. Month or two later, I went onto Facebook and I saw I was tagged on the Brazilian post. And it's going nuts. There's like 200 comments, shares like crazy. I'm like, the Brazilians do like Facebook. <laughs> What's going on? I Got the translation sent it to, or the, got it the post sent it to the translator. I just saw someone got healed, and she went back to the doctors. They couldn't find a trace of healing, and they said, you are healed. What you had was terrible, but you're healed. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Come on, Jesus heals. Jesus heals. Jesus heals. What if when the doctors can't help anymore, when medication doesn't help anymore, what if you and I, what if the church could be the place where people could come to and find healing and love and salvation? What if? What if God would move in our city so powerfully that people would start hearing, man, go to church if you're sick and find healing? That's my dream. That's my dream. But every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us has a key role to play. Lord Jesus, I want the fullness of your presence in my life so that I can release your love tangibly to others. Amen. Okay, so I want to quickly give you the four steps to how to pray for someone. And then we're going to demonstrate it here. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) We're going to ask the Lord to to touch some people. Yeah, we basically, we just want to take you through the process. And we're going to take it further in the small groups, activation activities, and go deeper into this in terms of why healing and how it works. Okay, worship team, please join us. Right, so the four steps to praying for someone. Step number one, love the person. Just love the person. Interview the person. Ask them, hey, what's wrong in your life? How long have you had this condition? You know, the the win is to love someone. I've heard this so many times where people, even when they were not healed, they felt the love of Jesus. So there's the love of the person. Secondly, release the presence of God over them because it's God's presence that heals. Release his presence. Next week, I'll focus more on that. Thirdly, when you sense the presence of God, then... Command the disease to go. Say, in Jesus' name, this pain in your body be gone. In Jesus' name, I curse this cancer. Disappear. And after you've prayed, then you test. You say, hey, any change? What were the pain levels? How has it changed from 10 to 1? How has it changed? And then continue in praying for their heart, God's heart for the person. Also ask the Lord if there's any specific things that might block... Two weeks, three weeks from now, we're going to look at what could block healing. Okay, things like unforgiveness could block healing. Okay, praise God. Let's say it, Jesus heals. Let's say it, Jesus is powerful. I believe that Jesus heals today. I believe that healing is for today. I declare it in Jesus' name. I renounce every unbelief, every doubt, every lie. I declare it is the will of God to heal always. And yes, there is a mystery, but it's always his will to heal. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for this right now. We thank you, God, that we can shift every mountain of unbelief out of our hearts, out of our minds. Thank you, God, that we can get your perspective. Jesus, if you were here, we know what you would be doing. You would be healing. You would be setting people free. You would be restoring hearts and lives. To God, we welcome your presence here right now. We welcome your healing anointing here today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name.